0: Hi, this is Brennan Davis from Bedrock Games and the Bedrock Blog, and I'm here with Adam Balderstone, and we're going to discuss Babylon 5, Season 2, Episodes 13 through 14. That's Hunter, Prey, and There All the Honor Lies. But first, I had a question for you, Adam, if you can answer it. Sure. Uh, first, what is a feign?
1: Fanes are, uh, it's it's a naming convention that the, uh, that the religious cast, Minbari religious cast uses like if you look at all like you know base what when they name a clan like you know for the uh the, the religious caste their clans are like the eighth fane of Trudomo, the 10th fane of Alea the third fane of Trudomo, and so on whereas the warrior caste their clans are all names like you know the star riders and the wind swords and the Nightwalkers. so and you know the religious the, the religious uh caste clans all refer to some re- religious leader that uh you know, they, they look to.
0: So when he says he's third Fane of the Chudomo, that means he's th- that's like the branch of the clan connected to Chudomo that he belongs to?
1: Well, it's actually the name of a clan. The uh, the third Fane is a clan. So basically, it's kind of the third clan uh, that you know follows Chudomo's teachings. But, there,
0: but there's presumably a second Fane of Chudomo. And a yeah well fame.
1: by name we know there is a uh well what have
0: I got here
1: the there is an eighth fane of chudomo that's uh mentioned in the show but uh, are,
0: are all the Chudomo clans somehow connected is it just purely philosophical or is it like a lineage thing or I, I believe it's philosophical I
1: think okay. it's the, uh, the leader that they uh, they look to the religious leader Okay.
0: cuz they've they've mentioned this before. I'm like 100% sure that we've heard third fan if you don't know. But you oh, really yeah. notice it this episode because it's important. And uh and there are some moments of dialogue where it really kind of, you know, they they emphasize it. So I yeah. I I kind of noticed references to this stuff before, but, like, it's sort of now starting to seep into my brain, like, oh, Chidomo. You know, it's just sort of. It's just <laughs> yeah, sort
1: of... It's, I know. It's like that. Once you hear something a few times, you're like, oh, this this might be notable. Yeah. First time you kind of hear something like that it just kind of rolls through your brain a lot of times. But, so, uh,
0: so yes. Yeah so, yeah. so, anyways, the, the first episode that we watched was Hunter Prey. And, uh, I don't know, why don't you give the, uh, the rundown, because you usually do this. So.
1: Okay, so the rundown, uh, the doctor to the president is apparently on the run. He's a fugitive, and he's, uh, supposedly on Babylon 5, so, uh, um, we have, uh, Earth Force trying to hunt him down and wanting the assistance of, uh, the captain to capture this guy, and they're saying the doctor has stolen all this, uh, secret information whereas uh uh sheridan then gets tipped off by his uh conspiratorial contacts that actually the doctor has evidence that the vice president was not really sick when he got off the spaceship that then blew up and killed the uh previous president so it's a one of those episodes where the captain is really trying to uh juggle his earth force duties with uh is his, uh, his uh, secret conspiratorial side,
0: and uh, yeah, the uh, so this episode a couple of interesting things. Um, first, we get uh, orders from whatever uh, I don't know if you would call it the rebel group, but whatever whatever wing or faction on Earth that uh, that Sheridan and the mm-hmm. officers on Babylon five have now aligned themselves with he gets counter orders basically from them and so it it really creates like an interesting situation um you know it's yeah. not it's not as straightforward as it might have been because of that and I think is this also the episode where uh where he starts uh, t- trying to s- start up a a rapport with Kosh, is that the... It is. Okay. That's the
1: other, other thread going on here. Yeah, yeah. We have both that and we have Kosh's ship ending up playing a part in everything as well.
0: And we find out the sh... Did we find out... We find out this episode that it's organic, right? Because they, they end up stowing the doctor on the ship to...
1: Yeah, What's they've like... kind of hinted at it before. This is the first one where it's kind of proven, I guess, that it's organic.
0: And... Uh... And yeah, so uh, so I don't know what did you think? What did you think of this episode?
1: Oh, I like this. This is a, a pretty solid episode. It's uh, it. Uh, let's see. Is is I, I I I you know Bernie Casey's always fun to have show up in an episode. as the guy that's uh, in charge of hunting down the doctor, and uh, we get you know we get Bull from Night Court in here as a heavy, which is uh which is which is pretty fun casting as well, and uh,
0: and also Bernie Casey recently passed away, right in September, I think.
1: Uh, uh, yeah, it was recently. I couldn't um, say exactly when, but yeah.
0: But um, but yeah, I thought he sort of stole the show in terms of the guest appearances. Richard, yeah. Richard Mall, he was fine, but uh, I was reminded more of, uh, what was the, uh, what was the movie that he was in that was like a fantasy film. Um, uh, the dungeon master Yeah, the dungeon master. I was reminded more more of that one than uh the, uh, <laughs> the you know, like House or, or or Night Court. So uh, Yeah,
1: he didn't get a his chance to uh use his comic abilities quite I mean, as well as he might have in this episode.
0: He was fine. It's just that the character he was playing too was just such a like a anno- it was meant to be kind of an annoying sort of, you know, low-range thug. You do know, you know who I actually really I don't I don't know um I don't even know who this was because I don't think he's listed here. But there was a guy who looked like Henry Hill that was sell- that was in the down below sort of selling people identity cards and things like that. And, yeah. And for a moment, I was like, "Wait, is that Henry Hill? Did they, did they get Henry Hill on this program?" <laughs> um, and I, I I couldn't find I, I I didn't I didn't see any reference to who the actor actually was. But uh, but I thought he yeah. kind of shined. In the eye. He did.
1: Actually, I think I'm pretty sure. I didn't double check this, but I think that's the same actor who played the guy that sold the eye to uh, Londo in the first season. Oh, I think, okay. I think so. I guess I, I didn't. I didn't do my homework on double checking that, but I'm 90% sure. But he was. He was just. He was just. You know, the persona was a little bit different. You know, but uh, so I. You know, I, it wasn't completely obvious. But I'm pretty sure it was the same. But yeah, he shined. He was very good.
0: And is that woman who showed up? I think her name was Sarah. Is she going to be um, uh, a recurring person, or is this just a one-time?
1: I can't recall on that. That's mm-hmm. not something I'm I, I could say for certain. Mm-hmm. I, I don't recall her again. But it's been too long since okay. I watched to be sure.
0: But yeah, this was a you know this was a uh, this was a you know. P- I thought it was a perfectly good episode. Um, I was more interested in the Kosh stuff, I think, than the, than the yeah. Doctor stuff. Only because I, I mean, the Doctor stuff was interesting, but like I already kind of knew that. Do you know what I mean? Like I already kind of knew. Exactly. So it wasn't like, ooh, that you know, suddenly I'm aware yeah. that that the that the vice president was 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 Not involved sick. in chicanery here. I was, pretty, yeah, you know, exactly. So, exactly.
1: It was. It's you know. I mean. It's 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 procedurally nice that they got some evidence of it, but you know, it's not it's not a revelation to us watching the show.
0: Yeah, it wasn't essential. I don't think it was. I think the Kosh stuff felt more essential to me than the, uh, um, than the the doctor and the vice president storyline. Um, I agree. If only because yeah. the doctor stuff could have been handled in exposition some other point. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Were there any other things going on? This. Uh, did we get any? We didn't get any Delenn or um, Garib, uh, not Garib- uh, Londo or or Jakar this episode, right? They were. I
1: don't recall anything of them in this episode. Okay. No, I think they kind of. If they, if they showed up at all, it was pretty incidental.
0: Okay. Um, yeah, so then that brings us to the uh, episode fourteen, which is uh, there. All the honor lies. So why don't you uh, give your uh, your rundown of it before we get into the discussion?
1: Yeah, um, well, this is one where the, uh, uh, sh- the the big plot line is Sheridan gets basically framed for killing this guy who this the Mumbari, and uh, it seems like it's another another revenge plot to get Sheridan for having blown up their biggest ship during the Earth Mumbari War, and. Uh, on top of that, other things going on. Veer is going to be replaced as Londo's assistant because he's not important enough to hold that position anymore now that Londo's a big shot. And uh, also, uh, uh, the other plot line is uh, Ivanova runs a gift shop for Babylon 5. So those are our, our threads running through this one.
0: So here's the thing if you just told me the storylines of each of these episodes, I would have picked uh hunter prey as the better one do you mean if i just knew the storylines but yeah. watching these episodes i actually like this one better i think uh i agree yeah I and, agree. and and it's and it's odd because i think on paper it wouldn't really it it, it wouldn't seem you know because it's got like the it's almost like one of those sort of turn in your badge episodes like like he he's <laughs> like like you know you know and i've expressed my dislike of that sort of storyline before where were, yeah, were, uh, I was
1: curious how you'd feel about this one actually.
0: Yeah, well it just feels it always feels like a contrived thing, but I liked how it was done here because it was like a really nice setup. Where the guy bumps into him and he chases after him and then he runs into this Mimbari who starts attacking him and there just happens to be a gun on the ground for him to use <laughs> when the guy just won't stop attacking him and and it's even been planned to the point that the guy says like you know uh, you know death before surrender or something right he says something like that or death I forget he says something about death and it's clear he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna die before. Uh, Uh, He stops attacking, so Sheridan has no choice but to shoot him. But there's a Mimbari who also witnessed everything. He's like, no, 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 what he actually said was this Mimbari phrase that sounds a lot like Death Reserve, but it really means, you know, I submit to you. Yeah,
1: (laughs) I know. Well, exactly. It was a carefully, carefully worked out frame job. And, uh... But yeah, and it works. I mean, there's, there's a lot of other stuff going on in this episode. Like I said, the Veer plot line and the whole gift shop thing. So it's like, it's not like you're, and of course, oh, and also you get the actual first case of, you know, in the previous episode, Sheridan finally got, uh, got Kosh to start talking to him. This is the first one where Kosh actually starts, you know, gives him a lesson too, which is, uh. a a nice part of the episode i thought
0: yeah i mean there's a there's a lot to go here so we should make a point of not uh not not overlooking any uh any loose ends um but i think uh i think i so so i guess to sort of start with the the sheridan plot the thing that i that i quite liked about it is how it did that and then it it got into the whole clan thing and it got Mm -hmm. into the mambari and i it really gave me a chance you know the the lawyer thing might have been a little bit you know that 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 veered into slightly silly territory but yeah but otherwise i really enjoyed that thread and i liked the um the the way that that the that that we got to see sort of this, the the whole aspect to Membari culture where the Membari never lie and it's like well no they they do lie it's just they're and it's basically it turns out to be more of a more of a saving face kind of thing it sounds like so yeah uh, and and so I don't know and I liked getting the the sort of stuff with Delen and Lanier and all that and 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 I like seeing Lanier have a conflict from somebody within his own clan and mm-hmm. I liked how they resolved it it was it was it was nice and neat. Um,
1: yeah, and it was it was nice, too, that they found that, you know, that Sheridan finds out that the rules on Minbari lying through Londo, who knows them because uh, because of Lanier lying to protect him back in Quality of Mercy in season one. It was like, that was a nice kind of callback there.
0: There was a really intricate web going on, because not only that, but also the reason why he's even talking to Londo in that moment is because of the gift shop subplot. Yeah, so that's great. Like, right. you know, <laughs> so, like, there are all the little, I feel like a lot of the plots sort of come together. Um, but yeah, because cause, so so maybe we should get into the gift shop subplot for that reason because so so there's this whole thing where I think Sheridan basically says like look we could make a ton of money here if we just opened up a gift shop right that was the it, I, I,
1: oh, yeah Earth Force Earth Force gave that directive to um, uh, Sheridan yeah okay. that they. So, and Sharon was caring. And I, I think Sharon really didn't want anything to do with it. He's just like, yeah, okay, we'll do that. I'm going to dump this out of Anima.
0: Okay. But, uh... <laughs> but, uh, but so, she, so she's obviously, re- this was the most 90s part of the show because she was so resistant to it, just purely on principle. And I feel like it's something nobody would care about. It. Like Nobody would really be bothered by a gift shop on Babylon 5 now. But yeah. But in the 90s, we, there was a very strong sort of anti-commercial uh, mindset that was really, really, uh, prevalent. And, and so I felt like it was kind of, you know, a part of all that. Uh, so, cause my thinking as I was watching, I was like, wait, that sounds like a lot of money, you know? So you got to put a few Londo dolls out there, you know, like <laughs> it's, it it, 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 you know, it's probably worth it, you know, cause they, cause cause we know they have budget issues. Do you know what I mean? So, you know, yeah. it's going to save so many lives if they have this gift shop, you might, you know, you're not gonna have people dying, you know docking docking ships and and doing simple repairs so
1: it's it's eh. the 90s though you can't sell out that's uh that's you got to keep your credibility and uh and of course it's interesting because this episode was written by peter david who at the time was most famous for writing star trek novels and so on and uh and of course it has the most blatant you know, shot at Star Trek, this show ever does where Ivana makes the line about how this isn't just some deep space franchise, you know, mm. this place means something. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's funny. Cause Peter David actually wrote that in the script. He sent the script in and he's like, you're not actually going to use that line. Are you? And it's like, yeah, we're totally going to use it. That's a <laughs> oh, great one. He's like, Oh wow. But, yeah, uh, that's
0: pretty direct. That's a pretty direct. Uh... <laughs> it is. And it then, is. uh, and then we had the the Veer the Veer storyline, which was was interesting and charming in its own way. Um, he, yeah, I like that. He he. So what I liked about it was we didn't really find out what was going on until much later. So like he he gets he hears from somebody from Centauri, and they're like, and uh and and they ask for Londo, and he says Londo's not here, and he's like, but can I take a you know can I basically can I take a message, and. And the guy's like, "Oh yes, this is a message you can take." And you're like, "Oh, that's you know, <laughs> it was a very interesting bit of dialogue. And then we don't really see what it is, but we know that that Veer is really upset after, and he's basically been been canned. He's 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 being replaced because they want to now that Londo's important, they want to give him a competent. <laughs> Uh, what what is Veer's position? He's just an assistant. What is he? Is a, a
1: he's the I think attaché. I attache. think or aide. I think okay. I've used the words interchangeably, perhaps. Okay. Or I'm getting with you. We'll call him other. the
0: attaché. Um, but he's being. They want somebody competent for that position. And then Veer sort of, uh, you know, opens up to Londo, and and it's it's kind of nice because Londo's got this such a dark storyline building. Yeah. And it's nice to see some humanity with his character. It would be very easy to just say, "Okay, now we're shifting him over to the evil side and we need to just focus on his evil traits. And and, and so I like that that we've been getting to see sort of his doubts, uh, his more human interactions. And this just really worked for me because he basically does Vera a favor. um, And uh, and, you know, so so I like that story, but. Yeah, I, don't know if
1: I, I I agree, and I feel I, I feel like Veer really comes into his own during the second season too. It's like we've had this, we've had Veer's reactions to what Londo is doing, and so on. It's like you know, it's not like I disliked him in the first season, but he is mainly just kind of there as kind of bumbling comic relief in the first season, and now 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 he's like a meaningful character on the show at this
0: point. Well, this also explained him, Jeremy, because before yeah. he was somewhat inexplicable and. And I, and even before I watched the show, when I was just sort of observing it in the background or catching an episode when my friend would watch it, uh, I, I, he always stuck out to me. Do you know what I mean? Like, I remember that guy sort of standing out <laughs> yeah. like, who, like, what's up with that guy? And, uh, and, and, and so it's nice to sort of get some background on him and, and why, you know, he, he cause he doesn't look like he, he doesn't, he doesn't exude competence he doesn't exude confidence. He doesn't no. seem like he'd be the sort of person that would even be on Babylon Five when you really think about it. So this kind of explains it, and uh, and yeah. uh, and it gives this character a little bit of I don't know weight. There's a little more weight behind the humor. So, and I and I think a, I think we've all maybe known somebody like veer like i could think of a lot of people that he just he just seemed very realistic to me in that because i was like oh i can i can think of like 10 people that are that are sort of like humorous like that on the surface but there's a little bit more going on and
1: yeah and it's and it's good too because it's a moment to the to just puts back in your mind too that you know until this season Londo was a joke too that you know that you know his when his uncle sent beer off to the station he's like oh you two deserve each other you know it's it's like Londo only got the job because he was kind of a joke being sent off to a a ridiculous position too so it's uh yeah it it just adds a lot of perspective to the show so it's yeah it doesn't take up much time in the episode but it just it, it means a lot and uh and, you know, and I, but yeah, I, you know, and moving to Londo too, I, I mean, it's, it's. I like that Londo's problem with the gift shop, you know, he's not worried about the selling out thing. He's just, just concerned about the, you know, uh, the anatomical incorrectness of the dolls of him and how insulting that is. Yeah, which that, is that a... was an
0: interesting scene. That was an interesting <laughs> Yeah, it had, it had no genitalia basically. And he, uh he took issue with that, which actually yeah. I guess I could see if you're an ambassador on a ship like that, that, you know. You know, that's you might not want a doll, I, I, even if even with the genitalia, you probably wouldn't want that doll on that ship. Do you know what I mean? Well, that,
1: yeah. that's true. That's true. Yeah, that uh, and a lot of us lying about it being symbolically cast in a bad light yeah. is a, a good one. But, uh, <laughs> and uh, but yeah, I uh, it's I mean yeah, it's like the more we talk about this episode, it's like there it is, it is just a really. If You you know, early on in the episode, it's like when Sheridan's being set up, it's like, oh, this is going to be another kind of fight. Because I mean, we've already had the thing of the Minbari trying to get revenge on him that isn't really treading new ground by itself. But it ends up doing so just through you learning so much about the Minbari this time. Yeah. And, uh, and it, you know, the solution where uh, where uh, Sheridan does it in such a way, you know, to, uh, you know protect Lanier and his clan's honor just kind of getting everything squared away worked pretty well too
0: well and also and I think was was the guy uh was the was the other uh member of Lanier's Thane um Ashan is that correct
1: yeah I believe Um, he was Ashan
0: yeah so so and there was a whole thing with Ashan really casting um some 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 aspersions at. uh uh,
1: oh, the land. Yeah. It, it was, yeah I, I've been meaning to mention that. Yeah. Thanks for bringing that up. Yeah. That was, uh, yeah, she, she has a really, really rough episode here. <laughs>
0: well, it's interesting cause they've really been hitting this a lot where people like, so before it was one thing to get it from the, the gray council, but it's another thing to get it from this, Ashan guy. Do you know what I mean? That was like, like she was in the position of power when they were yeah. talking. And so it would be like it would be like, you know, some some guy getting getting processed at the police station and 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 telling the captain he doesn't recognize him as a human. It it was like it was it was really sort of uh, I don't know. I mean, so I mean, you know, I I would I was expecting from the upper echelons, but that that if it's that if it's if it's operating even among people that should be her subordinates, then that's obviously an issue for her.
1: Yeah, they have no respect for her. And uh, and it it's building on, too, back in, you know, Gropos, where, you know, she got from the human side, you know, there was, you know, she got that, oh, you know, some humans would be just willing to basically kill her if they had the chance. So she's feeling, you know, she's become more human, but humans don't respect her any more than they would have, and now she's lost Minbari respect. So... Yeah, it's uh, it's it's definitely a pretty dark uh, storyline going on with Dylan here.
0: But uh, but I but I, I I thought it was good. I thought it was a good development. I thought it was good that they keep sort of bringing that up again and mm-hmm. making it relevant because it would be easy to just kind of like. It, it would be easy to, to sort of either treat it once and then just not really mention it again, or or treat it treat it too much. Uh, as sort of like the central focus of a given episode. Do you know what I mean? So that you, yeah. Whereas this, it's just sort of coming up and complicating uh, a more interesting thing that's already going on in the story. So, um, so, so I thought that it, it worked well. And then there was the monk song too, not the monk. I don't know what those guys yeah. were, but so, so that kind of that kind of like, I was like, Whoa, what are we doing here? Because so. <laughs> that's a really well directed journey with I'm oh, sorry, go on. Oh no, no. Uh, you said, what were you going to say?
1: I was going to say it was a really well directed sequence there too. I thought that was very well done.
0: Oh, it was, and it worked brilliantly. Partly because it provoked such an immediate reaction in me, and then it later explained that reaction plausibly. Do you know what I mean? So, so uh, how do you describe? So he's having this journey with Kosh, like Kosh, like Kosh is like his is almost like his shifu now. You know, he's like he's yeah. he's and 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 kosh summons him in the middle of this whole thing that's going on he's like, i gotta <laughs> talk to you now and he's like okay and he's and so he takes him down and he says i want you to go inside like this he like opens up a grate like at the bottom of the ship and he's like go in there and he's like well what's in there and he's like beauty and so he, he it was more than that but he basically said there's beauty in there so sheridan goes in and there's just some guy in a robe in like a really sort of low crawl space he looks like a I don't know, just like a brown robe with a hood. And he's got, like, an, uh, a, a begging bowl, and he slides that over to Sheridan. And Sheridan has no money. He's like, oh, we just use credit. So he has to use the, um, his, his rank pin, which we were talking about not too yeah. long ago. He explained the ranks. He was like, gold for this, green for this. And so <laughs> that was, uh, I thought that was interesting. And he put that in the bowl. And then all of a sudden, you start getting this, like, Gregorian chant. And it starts looking really psychedelic. I'm I, I remember thinking like oh, this sh- this this show is turning into like Twin Peaks or something I guess. <laughs> and, uh, but then it and then it then what I liked about it was I was like really sort of discombobulated by that shift. But then I realized oh the that's what these guys do. These are these are like they're like a singing troupe or something that that beg for money and give you a song if you pay them. And they just happen to be in like the crappiest part of the ship, you know? So, so, uh, so I thought that was pretty cool. That was, uh, you know, that they brought it back down to reality, right? Because it could have just kind of, they could have just kept it going. Do you know what I mean? Like, like I was expecting it to just sort of go into 2001 (laughs) territory where like, you know, like, or like, okay, I guess we're, I guess we're departing from reality now. Um, (laughs) So, but But this, this worked really well for me because it looked beautiful and it sounded beautiful. And Mm -hmm. I don't know, maybe it would resonate with people. Like, you know, I, I grew up, you know, experiencing some of those kinds of sounds and things like that. So, so it means something to me, but I, but I, 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 I really like that scene. And I, and I like any scene where, where music is used to sort of move you and to, and to, and to have an impact on the scene. And, and that definitely worked here. Um. And this was before, I mean, I know Gregorian chant was definitely already sort of in the, uh, Oh yeah. In, in the I think, I, think, I
1: think Enigma was already around yeah, at this yeah, cause, point. Cause Enigma was like what,
0: 1991 <laughs> or something or 90. Yeah. 91 um, sounds right to me. And then we had like a, I know there was like a bunch of Gregorian chant CDs and all this stuff. And and it was usually put to like a backbeat, um, you know, uh, <laughs> but uh mercifully this one does not i don't think there was a backbeat to this i There's think no it was just the chanting the back yeah. see, to me the backbeat sort of undermines the whole point of the chant it like, does. you know what i mean like the chant is supposed to be this ethereal thing that that makes you feel like you're you're elevating and 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 sort of reaching the heavens and 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 the backbeat kind of just sort of like you know just like, you know, yeah it gives <laughs> it a bounce that just is so well it's
1: yeah, I, honestly, that scene probably works better now because in 1995 or so, you know, you are probably more likely to go, "Oh, not another Gregorian chant." Yeah. But now it's just like, "Ooh, that was beautiful."
0: <laughs> well, what's funny to me is how how you uh, some of those things you just completely forget about. Do you know what I mean? So it just. Oh yeah. You know, so. So yeah. So so that but that was a great scene, and and you're probably right. I'm sure if I saw this in the mid 90s, I might have been rolling my eyes. Um, yeah.
1: I don't actually think I specifically was at the yeah. time, but I'm just I'm just hypothetically, you know, saying maybe a lot it of was, people. It was
0: an eye rolling decade, I think, um, yeah. I think. I got
1: to, I got it. And I'd completely forgotten that Gregorian chants were a big thing at the time. So you brought, as soon as you brought it, I'm like,
0: oh yeah, yeah. how could I have not even thought of it? Yeah, that. yeah, no, I remember the. I, I still don't know how that song, like that song getting popular on MTV, has always been mind boggling to me.
1: Um, it's funny because I uh, used to drive out to visit my girlfriend every weekend, like a couple of hours away, and like late Sunday night, I'd always be driving back from a place to work the next day. Like this is like in nineteen ninety one, not not when Babylon Five was running. But it was like back before Enigma even was like, it became a thing. It was like I, I listened, to, I'd listen to like the the PB, like sorry, the NPR station. They play this, you know, around that time they'd have on that kind of, uh, like new agey kind of music and stuff. And I, I had it on, it's like, I actually heard that on a new agey station, like, mm. you know, before it even got any play anywhere. Yeah. And so it was like, when it became huge, I'm like, like, I never, never, never would have predicted that the first time I heard it.
0: Yeah, my my dad was wicked into uh, new age music back then. Like uh, when new age music first emerged, he was fully on board and I was getting like all these, uh, you know, I can't even remember the names of these people, but but I remember...
2: Hmm? Uh, (laughs) no but there were
0: some other ones and i can't i like i i can't for the life of me recall the names but they but they they were i think maybe andreas Wallenbacher was that one of the guys i don't know but there were all (laughs) kinds of there were all kinds of new age cds now but my my aunt was one of these people that always watched the catholic channel so between those two things you know i feel like (laughs) i got plenty of gregorian chant, but i think with the enigma the thing that I think that they slipped it in and they were a little deceptive. They got it in with the backbeat. And I remember the video had like a sexy woman who was all breathy and like just coming out of a shower or something. You know what I mean? It was like, <laughs> it, so, and, and she don't kept know saying I ever sadness. Saw the video. Huh? Yeah, there was a whole, because there's that whole line in it where the woman actually speaks. Yeah, and they have like you're a right, really right. sort of sexy woman doing it. So I think that that, more than anything else, kind of, you know, got bums into the seats to, to watch the video <laughs> and then made it popular. Um, yeah, but I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it was the chanting.
1: Um, uh, yeah, but, getting back to the episode though, I uh, I agree with your comment about the lawyer. Like the lawyer just felt superfluous. I felt like if the lawyer had never shown up in this episode, it wouldn't have made well, any real difference. She was really at all.
0: weird too. She just was like a weirdo. Like she showed up and and she she was just I don't know something about her personality and her posture. Everything just felt like. Yeah. Uh, and I know that like you kind of do that because, you, you know, you want lawyers to sort of be these impressive people that don't maybe have to play by all the rules that everybody else does because they've yeah. they've sort of supposed to figure it out everything. But like I just I just found her a little bit too bombastic.
2: and
1: uh, Yeah, well, she was saying saying things in front, like explaining kind of things you should do, but in front of in front of them in Bari in a way that yeah. you wouldn't want to you would like if that was my lord, like, shut up. Don't yeah. say you're, you're making things worse. Yeah. You know, even if that is good advice. But uh, yeah, I, I that that character just but didn't didn't work very well.
0: I will say though, I have met lawyers that, that have her personality and demeanor. So That's it's, not, true. it's not unrealistic. That's I just true. found it grating. Um but uh but yeah, so yeah, I would agree that I don't think we needed the lawyer scene so much. I mean I I guess one of the interesting things about this show though is it does really kind of keep it its feet on the ground. And Mm -hmm. a lot of that involves bringing in stuff that we just think of as being everyday modern things. Do you know what I mean? So, so maybe that's, you know, it's, it's maybe just one of those features of the show that every once in a while they feel a little bit out of place, but otherwise I think those tendencies that the show has really is something that makes it work. I I really, I, I really like that, uh, that they, um, you know, that, that they have people kind of talking like they're from New York and that they have, you know, like mm-hmm. that they have people, you know, dressed in modern clothing and, and it, or clothing. that doesn't look like super spacey. Do you know what I mean? Uh, yes. And there's like a, a little bit of a noir vibe occasionally. The The, the mechanics have steam. You know, there's there's venting going on. It's not all it's not it's clearly not all clean energy like a, not, you know, not, stuff.
1: not dilithium crystals. Yeah. So it's
0: <laughs> it, it, I don't know. It gives it a little bit more of a you know, you feel like if you walked into the environment, you would actually feel like the, the like you'd feel the air. Do you know what I mean? There'd be smells yeah. on 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 other science fiction stuff. It always feels a little more sterile than that. So so I think, you know, bringing in a lawyer is probably just part of that aspect
1: yeah it was definitely realistic uh so yeah I, I like i said it's, it's a minor it's just the one thing i can pick it pick on in this episode it's not like it, it really in any way ruined the episode or anything
0: but uh but yeah so i don't know that was um i don't know were there any other things that we we should have mentioned about these episodes i uh, any guest no, appearances other- that were worth mentioning or
1: I think I'd say the only other thing I, I can point out that I particularly enjoyed in this episode is uh, Sheridan talking to Ivanova about his lesson, you know, and him, him only being able to sum it up as beauty in the dark. And you know, <laughs> Ivana was like, well, oh, I guess it's working. You sound like a Vorlon yeah. now. And
0: <laughs> well, it's funny. One thing that that episode did that, that, that I, I don't know if it was deliberate or if I was just super paranoid while I was watching it and it was just me. But when the ship first communicated with Kosh, because he was like hiding in the background when Sheridan goes to look at the ship, and mm-hmm. it's like it's the first time we even find out the ship is there, I think, or, or that I mean, presumably a ship has been on Babylon Five, but but we don't realize how important his ship is. And uh, yeah. and when they leave, Kosh walks out, and there's some kind of interaction between him and the ship. And Kosh puts his head down, and I interpreted that to mean he just got some really sketchy orders that he was supposed to follow. Dude. That was sort of how I interpreted it. And oh, really? Yeah, I, I was That's like, a- oh, is he going to have to kill Sheridan? Is that is that the... Uh- uh, Sheridan <laughs> knows too much is it, cause, Because remember, before Kosh came in, Sheridan's like I'm going to make this my personal project I want to find out about the Vorlon I want to find out what's going on with the ship So I'm like, oh, maybe they don't want him doing that You know, maybe they're and, gonna, I mean yeah. Obviously they would have had to find a way around it Because they're not going to kill Sheridan Just, you know, this, this of But uh, but I don't, you know, I don't know enough About the show to know whether Kosh Remains, so Yeah mm-hmm. uh, so, yeah, um, so I thought maybe Kosh was going to go go psycho on us this episode.
1: <laughs> yeah, the uh, no, the, the whole Kosh story. I, I, I'd say another thing I like about this episode, just getting back to the scene with the with the the, the singing monks and stuff, too, is that. With the, with the Sheridan plotline, with him being accused, the typical move in a TV show is to keep raising the suspense and keeping you tense and everything. And this is kind of like a moment where where Kosh just pulls Sheridan aside, is like, you know, pulls him out just to relax and kind of have a meditative moment. And it's kind of the it's kind of the opposite instinct to what a TV show would usually do in this situation. And I think I think that really helped the episode.
0: No, no, that's actually really good because it kind of did what it was supposed to be doing for Sheridan. Like the viewer gets the same sort of experience that he has. Um, mm-hmm. You have this sense of urgency, and then you're suddenly calm, and you know enjoying this music. And then, and then it's sort of like I don't know. It's like the 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 spiritual or endurance equivalent of maybe changing your shoes midway through the day, and you just feel a little <laughs> more fresh.
1: Um, yeah, yeah, it's a good way to put it.
0: So. So yeah, I, I would agree with that. I, 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 I think that I think that scene worked. And and when it first hit, I was like, uh oh. Like I, I immediately was like, oh no. <laughs> um, but, uh,
2: <laughs>
0: but then it but then it, 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 it sold me uh, moments later. So um so yeah, so so that was uh, you know, uh, episodes uh, thirteen and fourteen, and I guess we'll be doing fifteen and sixteen and possibly seventeen next. So we're That's getting right. through. We're like almost at the end again of this uh, season. I'm going to, to pick up the the season three now. Um, yeah.
1: Yeah. By so, the end of next week, we should be done with this season.
0: Okay. So that's, I think that's pretty impressive that we've, uh, we've blazed through it like that. Um,
1: yeah. I, I'm impressed with us. Definitely. But uh, <laughs> not, that,
0: not that that's worth anything in the real world. Unfortunately. <laughs> you know, can't put that on a resume. Uh, no, I watched, no. I watched two seasons of Babylon five and in, inside a month. Yeah, I, in I mean, fact I don't think it was even inside a month. I think it was two months. But
1: uh, I think I think most people binging this show too would be like, You did six episodes a week, that's yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mean, yeah. That's...
0: yeah, you can see you'd be in the job interview and you'd be like, Oh, okay, so you're you're really not a go getter, are you? You <laughs> you it doesn't sound like you committed. So <laughs> So yeah, yeah, in this in this age of just, you know, watching twenty episodes well i i don't think i've ever watched 20 episodes in a single day but i know people that have gotten close so yeah
1: yeah in a weekend i think a lot of people could manage that i don't know if i could though but people could so
0: so when this is all done we're gonna have to put you through a grinder of wusha series then i think that's gonna be your (laughs) your karmic that that karmic (laughs) payment for this Um, i i would be on board for that yeah so uh so, all right. So, anyways, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll be back. Uh, on Friday, we're going to do Dirty Ho. Again, go to Amazon Prime. Uh, it's a Lao Kar-Lung movie. It's, it should be up there if you want to watch it. Uh, and then you can be involved in the discussion. Otherwise, just listen to us talk about it. And I also have a uh, Lady is the Boss article coming out on the Shaw Brothers site. And um and also Mona Fong passed away today. That was I think it was today or yesterday. If you watch Shaw Brothers, she's always sort of in the you know listed as the producer. Um, so that's a you know notable news for the Shaw Brothers fans. And uh, anyways, uh, we will be back on and we will talk to you later.